the people of St. Margaret Mary, good evening. You know, you guys are so nice, most of you. I never had a, all of you, okay. <laughs> that was a mistake. Um, whenever, I'm sure Father Adam can agree with me, whenever we preach and stand outside, there's no Sundays somebody would come and tell you, Father, your sermon was wonderful. The interesting thing is that even if you don't preach, some would come and tell you, oh, you preach very well, you know. So it's, it's not consoling sometimes to hear such a nice things. Normally the priest preaches for all the five masses. Saturday evening is a little bit of rehearsal, you know. And it gets better and better. And the climax is the six o'clock mass. But today, this is my second sermon. I only preached last night and uh, now because we have a new deacon here and he preached at all the uh, three masses today. So I hope I will, uh, will be okay. <laughs> what more could I have done for my vineyard? This is the cry of someone who had done everything he possibly could, but who met with nothing but ingratitude. I have heard similar cry from parents and grandparents, most often accompanied by tears. I am going to tell you a modern version of uh, Christ's parable. Yesterday was my mom, my dad's 13th anniversary of his death. When I was preparing this sermon, I remembered him because Sundays he would go to church and of course when he come back, he would ask my mom, did you go and tell the priest something about us? And she would say, no, why? And he said, the sermon was actually for us, for me. So he always thought maybe my mother probably told him he did something or he said something or, you know, there are quarrels at home, arguments or something of that sort. The sermon is always that, uh, that he feels the priest is talking to him. So today, a parable I'm going to tell you, some of you might think this is your story, or you would say, oh, this story I know of somebody in my neighborhood or somebody in my family. So I'm going to tell you a story of Robert and Anne, a very practicing and respected couple, Catholic, of course. They raised four children. Now they are old and lonely. Anne tells the story. We did everything we could for our kids. We had four children. We ourselves grew up in a hard times, but we wanted our children to have the things we did not have. We bought a big home, 
Robert had to work over time and also do handyman job in the neighborhood to raise extra money for the mortgage payments. We made sure our children lacked nothing. They had everything that all the neighborhood boys and girls had. Many nights, I did not get a wink of sleep because of them. All our children were sickly when they were young. Though we saw some of our neighbors going out to eat out a couple of times during the week, we hardly went out. We saw some going abroad for holidays, but we could not, we could never afford to do that. We were lucky if we were able to hire a, a, a house by the beach for a week or so. But we gladly sacrificed these things for the sake of our children. We sent them to Catholic school. They never lacked money for books or outings. They were always well-dressed. We taught them good values. We had good family life. We taught their faith and religion. We were good examples to them. We said rosary every night. But just look at how they have repaid us. Look at what we got from them in return. They say good example rubs off on the children. Well, in our case, that is a myth. Joseph, our oldest, quit university and went to pub business. They say he is very well off. But money has now his God. Though he sends us a couple of bottles of wine at Christmas, we hardly ever see him. Sophia, our daughter, married a guy with a big job. They don't believe in having children. They rarely come to see us. Peter seemed to be happily married with three children. He suddenly left his wife and children and living with a, a young girl and he never shows up. Paul, our baby, still unmarried, is a hippie. Don't believe in working or settling down. As far as we know, not one of them go to church. Now what more could I have done for them? Do we deserve to be treated like this? As I said in the beginning, as I said this story of Anne and Robert, I'm sure you might be saying, this is our story too. Well, let us forget our story for a while and think about today's parable. The parable today's gospel is trying to tell us how God feels towards his people in spite of all the love he has shown them. All he gets in return is utter ingratitude. So what sort of fruit God expects for his people? That's us. Certainly not talking about grapes. We are talking about right living. A look at the first few chapters of Isaiah yields the following harvest. 
God looked for peace from his people and got war. For true worship and got idolatry. For justice in their dealings with one another and got injustice, corruption and exploitation of the poor and the weak. For goodness and got evil. For caring and sharing and got greed and big house and large properties for temperance and got excessive eating and drinking for community and got exclusiveness and snobbery for humility and got pride for wise and godly living he got a pagan lifestyle and this is our story too which of us would make so bold as to claim that we have made a full and adequate response to God's love shown in through Christ. Though God is loving to the point of foolishness, he does want to see a response from us, not for his own sake, but for ours. He wants us to see us make use of the gifts and opportunities he has given us to that we can grow as his children. Our response must be free and given out of love. Now is the time that we start making a response to God. There's no point in waiting for the harvest time. That will be too late. Response can be summed up like this. He wants us to live as Jesus, his son, lived. However, we must not see this parable merely on an individual level. He takes many wines and many branches to make the vineyard. God's vineyard is the Christian community. This is the vineyard Christ planted and tended with such a care that he gave his life for it. He looks to his vineyard to produce the fruits of justice, love and peace. But of course, the vineyard can't be fruitful unless the individual vines, that's us, are fruitful. Amen.